Welcome to Take Your Stand, the podcast of Here I Stand Ministries. I'm your host, Luke Seibert. Let's explore more of what it means to live out the gospel by clinging to the Word and to one another. Welcome back to the podcast. Over the series, we started off talking about the formal equivalent translations. Then we moved last week to talk about the optimal equivalents. With the C- that's what the, the CSV's term for their translation is. And now so we're moving into the full-blown dynamic equivalent translations today. So starting to, anyways. This is not a pa- these are not paraphrases. They are actual translations of scripture, but they are guided more by the thoughts. Try to maintain that flow of thought for us that we could see what was the flow of thought of the, ori- the original authors of scripture were trying to communicate and uh, try to help us understand that today. So the, the translation we're going to talk about kind of a standard for a while is the New International Version. And there's been some uh, misunderstanding about parts of it, which we'll get to later in the podcast. But as I said, this is, this is widely, it's been widely recognized and widely used. This is the NIV preface. It says this about the translation. It says the New International Version is a, a, is a, uh, completely new translation of the Holy Bible made uh, made by over a hundred scholars working directly from the best available Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek texts. So what they, different than other translations that we've talked about on here is rather than taking an already existing translation, revising it, checking it back with new manuscripts, they start from scratch. They said, let's just go back to the manuscripts and just start from the beginning. So that that is one element that sets the NIV apart, is this going back directly and without trying to uh, work from or adapt a previous translation. It was first published in 1978 and it, by uh, Biblica, and it has the most recent update has been in 2011. We're going to get into that that specific update here in a little bit, um, but so it's been around for a while, you know, since '78, that and a lot of people use this. A lot of the books that I've been reading, or the books that I've read, that reference it and people use it, and it's it's a good translation. And we'll talk about the application of that or the use of it here in a little bit. Um, it. So it's underwent a few updates over the years for bringing in new insights and understanding about uh, how how we understand what was going on in the, in the time of the Bible, the culture that was going on, how, maybe idioms or certain cultural practices, and trying to interpret in light of that to help us understand that and the translation today. It's actually went through a, quite a series of committees to come about and how, how they tried to bring in some of those insights and, and to help those uh, inform or guide the translation. Bible Gateway has a good description of that on their website. That link will be here in the description. I encourage you to check it out if you're interested to see how did this translation come about. So that's there. As I said, it went through a series of so level different levels of committees. So you had smaller groups working on certain passages, and it went up, went up the chain, uh, to being compared and evaluated and work together. So it wasn't just the, the group of one man or a couple guys in isolation. It, it was very much a team effort and work together. And so that, as I said, that's at Bible Gateway. The information is there. 
So, uh, so this is this has been brought about by the Committee on Bible Translation for the NIV, and they're sort of the, they are the guiding force behind the original translation, and also some of the updates. And some of the guys who are on there now who are, serve on that the CBT, the Committee on Bible Translation, uh, are Douglas Moo. He is one of the chair. I was not familiar with him until a couple years uh, until recently. I had to read part of his commentary on Romans for school, and recently picked up his one on Colossians and Philemon, and uh, and so I, he seems to be seems to be a pretty sound guy. Uh, so I did recognize that name, but also uh, Bill Mounts serves on the CBT, so he's a very well respected scholar on on the New Test on New Testament Greek on Koine Greek. And his basics of biblical Greek grammar is kind of a, is a standard textbook. So do have again, we don't put our faith in men, but it does give us confidence that someone of his expertise and commitment to Scripture is serving on that committee. Talking about the translators themselves, there were a few names that I recognized. This is for the for the original King James. So you had Kenneth Barker, you had uh, Edmund Clowney, you had. <clears throat> You had a Robert Mount, so it was Bill Mount's father. A Charles Ryrie wrote basics of biblical basics. Uh, um, I'm sorry, drawing a name on him, drawing a blank on how he titled his systematic theology textbook, but uh, <clears throat> very solid book uh, on the doctrine of script on uh, the different doctrines presented in the scripture. And so the a lot of a lot of names that we recognize and are, are faithful men to to the word. She was not a translator, but Elizabeth Elliot did, was one of the consultants for it. I'm not sure exactly what role that she f filled, whether it was more of like a stylistic consultant or what, but um, interesting fact that she was one of the consultants that they used on that. Uh, familiar with her and her, the story of her husband and the other men uh, who who uh, gave their lives as martyrs. So, so the, the NIV, but back to the text itself. The NIV, as I said, is, is widely recognized. It's widely used. It's not one I've read as a primary text, but do reference it uh, fairly. Uh, not so much anymore with the rise of the CSV, which you talked about last week, but it is one I do I do, do uh, check out, uh, especially if there's some passages that I'm looking at. I'm like, I don't quite understand. I'm not quite catching the, the flow of thought. This is a good one to check uh, to make sure that we're um, we're not uh, confusing things by. Are studying digging down to individual words of scripture because it is important as we've talked about in a few episodes back to to look at individual words of a passage to look where the theological meanings the significance of that doing comparison word studies <clears throat> one of the um my I, one of the recent videos i put on youtube on Mondays talks about this, talking about how we do some word studies and some of the theological significance that comes out of just looking at a particular word. So that link will be here in the description. I encourage you to check it out if you want to see an example of about doing just a short word study and how some of the insights that we gain from comparing different verses of scripture together help inform our understanding of words. So studying individual words or phrases excuse me, does have its benefit. It is important. Sometimes we can get so caught up in the details and the nuances of a text that we forget the whole point of the passage. And 
we need to bear that in mind, and that should be a caution for us because God wants us to understand his word. We're not just knowing facts about, okay, can you can you rattle off how many occurrences of this particular Greek or Hebrew word are all the you know, strongest definition for it? But how does this word impact the meaning of this text, and how does that apply to your life? So having translations like the NIV are a good check in that, that they help us pull back and, and consider have we lost the flow of thought? Have we lost the the, uh, the meaning of what is supposed to be, uh, the meaning that we're supposed to take from this passage? So that is one of the benefits of the NIV. It's also helpful. It clarifies certain passages or certain meanings of phrases. It is more interpretive in that way. That's part of a dynamic equivalence is that some, that it is more interpretive, which can be good or bad. You know, If we're trying to study it for ourselves, uh, probably one that we... we well, not probably. We we will want to go to more formally equivalent, like the ESV, NASB, something like that. But if we're just maybe reading for more devotional or or trying to more quickly or to, to read and gain an understanding of the text, something like the NIV is a good option for that. It wouldn't necessarily be something that I would recommend for uh, <clears throat> a primary uh, one that we read exclusively. But it's definitely one that we can can use on a regular. I, I recommend using, uh, or could recommend to, to to use on a regular basis. Uh, so that's so about the NIV. But as I start, as I said when we started op- this pod this podcast episode, that there has been some misunderstanding about the NIV. And this came about through a particular uh, offshoot of the NIV called today's NIV or TNIV. And this this translation that came out in the first part of the um, of the 2000 2005 2007 somewhere around in there, uh, it, it had some changes to that. Specifically, the, the biggest issue was gender neutral language, which other translations have done that. We're thinking, what's the big deal? The issue is that some of these did apply towards passages talking about about God. Now, it did not it was not trying to necessarily say that. God is uh, genderless in that sense, or trying to say that, or that, or that God's a female, or those type of things. But some instances would be like where a passage of scripture does say "father," that's the meaning of the Greek word. It says "parent." Okay, why would it do that? There are some other concerns about that. Um, oh, several passages that had that. And there were some other issues about how it comprom- compromised some of the theological meaning of some passages. By translating some words too freely, it lost the theological meaning or significance that was trying to be brought out in that by that word in that passage, and so this this caused a lot of uh, issues and a lot of disturbances. And so a lot of uh, conservative uh, men and women who were faithful to the text, text to the text of Scripture, wrote a letter of concern about the TNIV, and that's linked in the description if you want to check out what they said, what was their specific concerns. And it wasn't just uh, men. Uh, there was several. Well, there was a good amount of women on there as well. So it wasn't just men saying we need to get rid of this gender-neutral uh, language. It was both men and women saying this is not faith. The TNIV was not faithful to the original meaning of Scripture, and this causes us concern. A few of the more uh, well more well-known names you have: Danny Aiken, Greg Allison, <clears throat> uh, Albert Moeller. Wayne Grudem, just to name a few. There's just a lot, and I was really surprised to see how many names 
we're all we're on this uh, letter. Um, so that's about the T NIV. From what I understand, that's been discontinued. It's been replaced with the 2011 update of the NIV, which corrects those passages that were in error, like some of those passages that they cited in the letter about how it translated uh, father as parent. It's gone back to father. It is more faithful to to the text of scripture. And some of these men who have who were opposed at, to the TNIV have now now embraced and used the NIV 2011. <clears throat> Here's two examples. Last year's Undervan came out with the Grace and Truth NIV Study Bible, which is edited by Albert Muller, the president of Southern Seminary, who signed that letter opposing the TNIV. So if he was thought the NIV was compromising scripture or wasn't faithful, uh, he wouldn't be editing a study Bible on it. So that's one example. <clears throat> Another one is Greg Allison. I was not very familiar. I was not familiar with Greg Allison until uh, actually over the past a couple weeks. Uh, by the time this podcast airs, I have reading. I was had to read part of one of his books um, for school. Um, the time recording, so I'm not finished with it yet. Working on it, maybe done with it uh, by the time this airs. But his book, Sojourners and Strangers, which is a a, a doctrine, a doctrine of the church, I think it's a subtitle. Yeah, and he in his book he he cites that the NIV 2011 is one of the scripture reference scripture versions that he uses, even though he signed that letter opposing the TNIV, uh, he he uses the NIV 2011. So if he thought that the NIV, I think that you know if he thought that NIV 2011 was compromising or liberal, or else he he wouldn't be using it in this work on the doctrine of the church. So just two examples. There's probably um, there could be others, but those are two names that I've come across and uh, especially respect Albert Moeller and his uh, his decision to edit. The uh, study Bible for the NIV 2000, the, the Grace and Truth Study Bible through Zunderman. So all that all that to say, if you've heard things about the the NIV uh, using gender uh, gender neutral language or in referring to God, the TNIV did today's NIV, which is not, from what I understand, it's not being used anymore, or it's not being not being published anymore. It's been replaced by the NIV 2011 which is faithful to the text. So when people are using the NIV, that does not mean that they're trying to be liberal or compromising scripture. They're using an, an accurate and faithful translation. A dynamic a dynamic translation, yes, but a faithful translation. So I wanted to share about that. And uh, as I said, the, the, um, tr the NIV does help us put a, uh, make sure that we're not obscuring the meaning of a text. So, Drawing back now into should we use the NIV? Uh, how do we use it? It does help us, make, as I said, maintain that flow of thought. It's good for devotional reading and uh, for maybe for introducing someone who hasn't come from a, a Christian background or maybe a church background. This would be a good translation to use, or or even if <clears throat> even people who have grown up in church or or have come from a Christian background, this is still a good translation to use. Um, I'd recommend going for something more like the Christian Standard Bible, which has more of a commitment to the a more of a commitment to the individual words of Scripture, but uh, the NIV is still a faithful translation that can be used. So that's that's about the NIV there. What a circle back at the end here to talk about this Grace and Truth Study Bible. 
uh, what caught my attention about it was that Zunderman has just come out with the Grace and Truth and NASB 95 study Bible. So uh, that, that caught my attention. I'm like, okay, uh, the study Bible edited by our molar on the NASB 95. I want to I check into this. And that's how I came across that they have Zunderman also has the Grace and Truth NIV also edited by Albert Moeller. So uh, you can read the study that study Bible, the NIV version, um, online at Bible Gateway Plus. If you have a Bible Gateway Plus account, um, I started reading it, looking at some passages, uh, trying to see where the commentary notes there to there, and it's, it seems to be pretty faithful. Pretty, I haven't um, seen anything that's caused concern. It is, you can definitely see some, there is some influence of Reformed theology. Um, I'm not Reformed, uh, but uh, if you are, then that's not, not going to be a surprise to you, or because it is edited by Albert Moe. I'm not sure if he's Reformed or not, but uh, from what I understand about Southern Seminary, it does, it does lean that way. So that wasn't necessarily surprising to me, and it wasn't heavy, but you could definitely tell some of the, some of the language was from that background. But um, I'll continue looking into that and reading that. I'm excited to 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 read some of these notes, the commentary sections of the <clears throat> excuse me of the Grace and Truth Study Bible. But you can check it out. It comes in both the the NASB 95 edition and the NIV version as well. So that's again, it's published by Zondervan. If people are interested in that, but thank you for listening to the podcast and for following me, uh, following the the series and some of my ramblings that I have uh, when I get excited about some rabbit trails. But we're drawing to a close. Only have a few more weeks left in this season. And then going to take a, a break over the holidays and then start back with season three and sometime in January. But again, I appreciate people listening to the podcast. And until next time, read the word and take your stand. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope it was an encouragement and a blessing. To find out more information about Here I Stand Ministries, check out hisministries.com. Scripture quotations are from the NASB, the New American Standard Bible, copyright 1971-1995 by the Lockman Foundation, used by permission, all rights reserved.